Welcome to the Kingdom Mama Mentor Podcast, where kingdom moms are encouraged to walk led by the Spirit and embrace freedom, all for the glory of the Lord. I am your host, Christine Edinger. Hello, everyone. I hope that your week is off to a wonderful start. So last week, my family and I were on vacation, which is why there was not an episode aired. And we are back this week. And to be quite honest, because I always try to be transparent with you guys, this episode has, I don't want to say has me nervous, but it definitely has required a lot of prayer and a lot of seeking the Lord, making sure my intentions are pure, but also prayer of protection over my mind, my soul, my heart, because I'm going to be very transparent with you guys about my life and um, generational sin that I've seen in my life continue with me, but the Holy Spirit and His infinite grace and mercy has revealed it to me and me just being super determined by God's grace to be a cycle breaker. So I'm going to share generational sin that has impacted me, caused me shame. And then I'm going to move into some of my own personal shame, um, rather personal sin that has caused me shame. And the whole point of this episode, so I'm, I'm really going to be speaking towards with my heart here. Um, I actually don't even plan to edit this or take pieces out. I just want it to be extremely raw and real. And the whole point of me asking for you guys to send in impact statements and how any of my words on my platforms have impacted you, all of that was because I wanted you guys to take just a moment to reflect on God's ministry that he has propelled forward using me as a vessel. Because you guys see the exterior, you guys see the product of him pulling me out of the darkness. Um, but what you don't know, and what I'm going to be open and transparent about today is the darkness. And when you hear me get emotional, because it's inevitable, I'm going to probably cry many tears during this episode. But when you hear the tears and you hear the emotion, please know it's not from a current place of feeling this shame. When you walk towards your shame and you experience Jesus there, you can no longer recall those moments without an overwhelming sense of thankfulness and gratitude. And I don't even know if there's a word that's sufficient, um, honestly, and you'll understand at the end of this episode, but that's, I wanted to clarify that on the front end, um, that when I get emotional, it's not from a current place of feeling shame and condemnation. It's an overwhelming sense of thanksgiving to my father who reconciled me to himself through Jesus Christ. So before we get into it, let me start off with a word of prayer. Father, like I just said, I'm so thankful for your plan of reconciliation. There was literally nothing that I could have done to get back into your presence because I'm a sinful woman in desperate need of grace and mercy. And I thank you, Lord, for your grace and mercy over my life. I thank you for pulling me out of the depths of darkness and just loving myself. And so right now, I pray the same thing over the listener. 
that they would not shy away from their shame, from their personal sin, and even their generational sin, but they would walk toward it in order to experience everlasting joy and freedom only found in you, Jesus. Thank you for making the way for us. Holy Spirit, I pray right now that you would invade upon the heart of the listener. Reveal any blind spots to them, pockets of sin. Help them to quickly confess and turn away so that they may experience the beauty of who you are and why you came to give us your life. I praise your name, Jesus. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. Okay, so we are going to break down shame caused by generational sin and shame caused by personal sin. I'm going to start with generational. And you remember a couple of weeks ago, we talked about circumstantial shame and foundational shame. So foundational shame was, you know, we all had this sense of shame because of what happened in the Garden of Eden with our parents, Adam and Eve. That is foundational shame. We all have it. But whenever we surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ, we don't have condemnation, right? So because of what happened in the garden, there is condemnation. But when you submit your life to Christ, you no longer walk in condemnation for who you are, right? Our sinful nature. But then there's the circumstantial shame. And that is different instances throughout your life that have occurred that have caused you to feel shame and allowed you to walk in that shame-filled identity. And so today, when we talk about generational sin, that there is a sense of that that comes from our first parents, right? The foundational shame of Adam and Eve. But I'm going to go more specific and I'm going to share, you know, an example with you of where we see in scripture there being generational sin passed down, but also for me personally, where I see generational sin passed down. And then we are going to talk about personal sin. And this is circumstantial, 100%, because the sin that you have committed over the course of your life is circumstantial. It's it's not foundational. It didn't come from Adam and Eve. It didn't come from your ancestors. It came from you, okay? And so what I really want you to hear as I, as I dive into these two separate groups and camps of sin is the root of all shame is sin, and the only, the only only solution to sin is having a savior, having a perfect sacrifice, and that is Jesus. Okay. So in scripture, we see generational sin passed down. And the the first, one of the first instances is Abraham lying. And whenever we see who Abraham's immediate descendant was, it was Isaac. And we see Isaac lying. And I'm not just talking about in scripture, him lying one time. Whenever I speak of being like lying, we're talking about deceiving over and over and over, which is indicative of a character issue, a a sin that is not repentant, okay? And who is Isaac's offspring? Jacob. Jacob and Isaac both, or Abraham and Isaac both. So Abraham and Isaac both lie about their wife's beauty because they are fearful that their wife is going to be taken from them. And so they lie and say it's their sister. Okay. Both Abraham and Isaac do this. And then we see Jacob lying. Jacob lies a lot. It's not just one time that the that Jacob lies. Jacob is actually by many scholars called to be the deceiver. Okay. He claimed that his father um, or that he obeyed his father's wishes. 
not true. He called the goats meat that he had that was his game, not true. He gave credit to the Lord for helping him find the goat so quickly, not true. And he actually even used the Lord to cover up his sin. So he's he's like deepening his lies over and over. And so you see Jacob. And then who do we talk about before I get into that? Who do we talk about? You know, I think it was two weeks ago, the, the 12 sons, right? The Joseph story. There was a lot of lying there, right? A lot of deceit. And so we see the 12 sons of Jacob, Jacob being the deceiver, his father, Isaac being a deceiver, and his father, Abraham being a deceiver. And so what we know about biblical context is the sons would spend a lot of time with their fathers. Like that is, they would work, you know, right beside their fathers growing up. And so when you see your father be deceitful over and over with no repercussion, you tend to pick up on that for your, for your own life, right? That's what we see in scripture anyway. So that is that those are sins of commission, sins that you know you are committing, okay? Then there are the sins that your ancestors, your parents, your grandparents might actually have committed that you are unaware of, but that Holy Spirit later reveals to you and that you are now responsible for breaking that cycle. And I am going to give you a personal example in my life of how we see that type of sin, maybe an unknowing sin be passed down through generations. And once it's been revealed to you, you are then responsible to be the chain breaker. Okay. The cycle breaker. What, and that is what we saw Joseph be, right? We saw Joseph not act in the ways that his, his father and his grandfather and his great grandfather did, but he, he walked upright towards the Lord obeying his commands, not falling in the way of his father, okay? And so in my personal life, something that the Lord has revealed to me when it comes to parenting, when it comes to motherhood, is I have a tendency to lean towards being short with my children whenever I am frustrated. And sometimes being short with them, short-tempered with them, and having a lack of patience it turns into an anger outburst, okay? And first and foremost, I need you to hear that that is sin. That is sin, and it calls for confession and repentance with your children. Yes, we confess to the Father, but your children need to see you in a space of you being with them, sinning, and immediately confessing to them, letting them know that that is sin and it's wrong. And that's exactly why Jesus had had to come and die, Okay, like we need to model that for our children. And so that is a tendency that I have. It's a bend in my personality that I have. And as I really started diving deep into a series we were doing at church, the Holy Spirit revealed to me that this is not, this did not start with me. Okay, I can vividly remember times as a little girl, my mother becoming so impatient and short-tempered, frustrated, and sometimes she would snap. And my, my, I would immediately feel like I did something wrong. I would immediately want to hide. And a lot of my childhood, I remember feeling like I just needed to hide so that I wouldn't be in trouble or I wouldn't disappoint her. Okay. And 
what that caused was shame, right? What we talked in week one, what shame causes us to do, and it causes us to hide. It causes you to inwardly think that you are wrong, like just who you are as a person is wrong, right? And I can see that passed down from my mom. And when I think about my grandmother, my mom's mom, she was the exact same, but even, I mean, it was more severe. She was not a kind person. Um, That's known very, like, it's not a secret in our family at all. She was not a believer. Um, She actually, just to give you like an understanding of who my grandmother was, one time it was her birthday, and I think I was like in sixth grade or something, and maybe fifth, and I wrote her a card, or I sent her an e-card, that's when e-cards were popular, and it had a scripture on the inside, and my grandmother called my mother at work and chewed her out, saying, do not ever let your daughter send me something with that garbage inside again. And my mom came home and was like, hey, Chris, I know you were trying to be kind and wish her a happy birthday, but you can't, you can't send her Bible verses. And I was like, what? <laughs> there, I, I'd done something wrong again, right? That was my grandmother. And so that is a generational sin that because there wasn't a revelation or um, a call to confession and repentance has been passed down to me. Okay. And. I I can look at my sister. I love her, right? Like my sister's one of my very best friends. And I can see the same thing in her. It manifests a little bit differently in her life and mine just because we have different personalities. But the same tendency is there to be short-tempered and frustrated and short, right? And what that does is it passes on to our, our children, the next generation, to hide, And that's where the shame is, right? And so then they grow up with this identity of shame and like they can't even like turn to the person that's supposed to be safe and loving and be completely themselves because a lot of times, you know, the children are misbehaving or they're having these behaviors that are quote unacceptable or what have you. They're really just being kids, right? And it's not their misbehaviors that are the issue. It's our sin. It's our unwillingness to yield to the spirit and slow down and confess and repent. Okay. And so that's an example scripturally with Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and his sons, where we see generational sin passed down. And then you hear my own personal testimony of generational sin. I just, I strongly encourage you moms, or maybe you're not even a mom yet to spend time asking Holy Spirit to reveal to you what sin tendencies, what bends do you have in your natural flesh and your natural man of who you are? What are they? And ask for the power and the strength to be the cycle breaker. Okay. If your family wasn't one to talk openly about emotions and that caused you to feel shame about your emotions, be the cycle breaker. That can stop with you. You can confess and repent and move out of that. I know you don't want that for your children and for your children's children. So ask Holy Spirit to reveal in you the ways that you can break these cycles. Okay, so that was a look at generational sin. Uh, So this one's obviously a little bit more difficult. And um, 
if you follow me for long, you've seen me or heard me reference like three years ago, a time frame where things changed for me or and it's actually coming upon four years now um, in the spring, actually next month. And um, there's a lot of sin that I've committed over the years. Um, I had a lying spirit myself before Christ changed me. I would lie and I would feel guilt and shame about it. Um, but more than anything, I would feel like just the need to hide and continuously put things in the box of lies. You know what I mean? Um, there was also a lot of sin done to me, circumstantial sin over the years. Um, but I truly believe once you are called and the spirit is in you, there's something about your own personal sin that brings about so much shame because you know who you're sinning against, right? And so four years ago, I almost completely turned my life upside down and not in a good way. Um, a sin that I had struggled with was self-righteousness, um, thinking that there were some sins that I would never commit, right? You probably even think that now, like, I do this sin, I commit this sin, but that one there, I would never do that. And friends, let me caution you. There's nothing that separates you from being a murderer than other than the blood of Jesus and his grace upon your life. Okay. That's something I learned four years ago. I am no better than the man being crucified on the cross next to Jesus. I'm, I am the same and I've been saved by the same grace. Okay. Okay. So four years ago, I'd, I'd still been struggling self-righteousness. It wasn't, I did not know it at the time. This is what I'm talking about with, um, sin that you commit that you are aware of, the Holy Spirit has revealed to you. I was not aware of my self-righteousness at the time. And it took me being a slave to my emotions, which is why I talk so much about not being deceived by your emotions. This is why. I was in a place in my marriage that I felt neglected. I felt unloved. I felt um, unwanted, all of those things. The emphasis on the word felt, because the truth of the matter was I was not neglected. I was loved and I was wanted. The time in our life that we were going through was extremely stressful. We had um, we had Cole, our eldest at the time. The twins were not here, obviously. Um, but my husband was back in full-time school. I was the one providing for the family while he was in school. It was just a really stressful time. And so all of my emotions, instead of taking them to the throne and confessing how they were leading me into sin, I followed them, which for a lot of the world, that's, that's what they'll tell you. Whatever you feel is true and to follow it. But you guys have followed me long enough to know I I don't think anything is wrong with your emotions, but what you do with them can be very, very sinful and very, very unholy. And so that's some context of where I was at in my marriage. And 
I was shown the slightest bit of attention outside of my marriage and I followed it. I engaged in an emotional affair. Um, By the grace of God, it never was taken in person, but it was still an extramarital affair because there were pieces of myself that I gave to another man that was, it should have never been the case, right? And I'm not going to get into all the details, but I will tell you again, by the grace of God, he snatched me up out of that after it was somewhere in between three to four weeks. And so the communication ceased. I can feel comfortable saying about the fourth week um, for good. And I was so, I had followed my emotions in my flesh for so long. I didn't even realize it, but I was numb and I was living in a completely different reality. And it took a while for me to actually be broken over that sin. Like I fought wanting to do what my flesh wanted to do. Do you remember all last season we talked about like not following the ways of the flesh, but instead submitting your flesh to the spirit inside of you? There was a period of time where I still desired the things of my flesh. And then the Lord broke me over my sin. And I'll never forget when it all just fell on me. And when I say it all, I'm talking 30 years, 29 years of living with shame from generational sin. And then the the pinnacle of it all, the climax of it all was my own personal sin that I was sitting in in present day. And friends, I literally collapsed one day after this was after the communication had ended, after Holy Spirit broke me over my sin and moved me into a place of confession. But in that moment, I found myself being restrained by my husband on the floor because I was attempting to harm myself. The shame was so heavy. And I just remember thinking, if this is going to be my life, I don't want to be here. And so... At one point before my husband got home, he had rushed home when he realized the way I was talking was not, um, it was not characteristic of me. And he rushed home and I was downing alcohol at the time, trying to numb myself. I was completely broken and I took a paring knife and I wanted to slip my wrist. And I remember hearing audibly the sound, like the accuser his voice, the enemy, calling me outside of my name, telling me I was a stupid slut. You're such a coward. Just do it. You can't even do it. That's how weak you are. You shouldn't even deserve life. Like, all I could hear these things. And again, all I could feel was the weight of my sin and the weight of the sin that had come before me generationally and it all hit me in that moment and I no longer wanted to live but I'm called (laughs) 
And Jesus wasn't going to let me go out like that. And I share all that with you because I'm, that is, that's the heaviness that Jesus had to endure on the cross. He knew what he was walking into and not just the weight of my sin, but the weight of everyone's sin, all the generations, all the personal sin. He endured that on the cross for me. And he endured that on the cross for you. Okay, I need you guys to really hear that. If you haven't had a moment in time where you feel the weight of your sin, then I beg you to get alone and ask Holy Spirit to reveal it to you because that is what he endured for you in order to grant you eternal life in a relationship with the Father. He endured what your sin deserved. Okay, to the point of death, right? To the point of death. And ever since that day, I have not been afraid of walking towards my shame. Like, I've not stopped sinning, right? Like, praise God, He's delivered me from an adulterous mind, an adulterous spirit, because that's what I was. He's He's healed me from that. He's delivered me from that. But there are still things that he reveals to me that I I no longer allow how I feel to dictate what I do, like what decisions I make. I ask myself the same things I taught you guys last year. I ask myself, is this emotion, like what is it here for? And what am I going to do with it? Is this emotion indicating some shame and some hidden sin? And then what am I going to do with it? Am I going to go confess it and repent? Or am I going to walk towards that emotion even more and pursue a life that's going to honor my flesh instead of my spirit? Okay. And so that's really what I wanted to share with you guys today is there is generational sin that you have not even, you are not even aware of, and it's causing you so much shame. And it's keeping you numb. And when you are numb, you might not be feeling all the negative feelings, but you're also not experiencing the positive and joyful feelings either. You can't numb one part of your brain from experiencing those feelings and emotions and not deaden and numb the other parts of your brain that gives you the happy and joyful emotions. It's just not possible. When you numb, you numb all. Okay? And so... There's generational sin that you're not aware of that I strongly advise you to pray and seek the Lord about. And then there's personal sin that you have not confessed and repented of. Maybe you've confessed, but there's not been a broken and contrite heart over it because you're still engaging in that sin. And again, I caution you to repent and walk in the other direction towards His grace and towards His mercy. Because like I've been saying in the last few episodes, the gospel is for you. The gospel simply says, my sin, foundational, generational, and personal, separated me from the Father. And there's no way to the Father, and John tells us, but through the Son. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody will get to the Father except through him. 
And so being able to lay your life of flesh down, the desire to follow your emotions wherever they may lead you, even if it temporarily feels good, being able to die to that every single day, living a life of submission to the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, he can be your savior, but he cannot be your savior and not be your Lord. Being your Lord means he's he's in charge of steering your life. So I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would submit and surrender your life to him. Because like me, the weight of your shame can take you out. It can take you out. But when you know Jesus, he, he does not want you to go out like that. He paid for the sin and the shame. It's done. It's finished. Amen. So I thank you for, I'm just going to say that you listened with a non-condemning and non-judgmental heart. And so I thank you for that. Um, I thank you for being open to hearing Uh, my personal testimony of the depths of the darkness that I've been to and how God's grace pulled me out and continues to sustain me. Who you see today was radically transformed four years ago on my kitchen floor. That, That was my turning point. And so I wanted to share because I always want to point back to the Lord. But unless you know the depths that I've gone to, you won't ever know how great he has been in my life. I would love to hear how this episode impacts you, your thoughts, your feelings. If you have prayer requests, maybe you know that there's something that you need to confess and you want me to join you in prayer, please reach out to me. You can email me at emotionsforholiness.com. I'm sorry, that is not right at all. Emotionsforholiness at gmail.com. And you can also reach me on any of the platforms mentioned in the show notes. I am so thankful. I feel so free. (laughs) I feel so free. And I feel so loved by the Father. And I just thank you for being here and listening. And please share this with anyone that you think could also be a tool in setting them free as well. I will also list in the show notes um, the references of where you can find about uh, generational sin and all of the, the fathers who pass down the deceitful spirit to their children. But if you have any questions, you can always reach out. If you have any prayer requests, please reach out.